Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Again, he gets the edge, and he's brilliantly caught by Kawaja in the gully. Drops it at his toes and comes through for a single for the first time in the Australian summer. An Australian batsman gets the chance to kiss the bat. Head down the pitch, he drives, this could be it, he beats it off. The arm is in the air already. There's nothing quite like your first test century. The Renegades have proved that nothing is impossible. Morgan, he didn't play This is Test Cricket. Covering cricket across Australia and right around the globe. This is Stumps with Bryce McGain and Jordan Cornelis. The cricket season is in full flight. The Marsh One Day Cup reached its end during the week. The Women's Big Bash League is reaching its end at the moment. And Pakistan might just be well on the way in that same direction as well for this tour. (laughs) Every test match (laughs) last weekend ended in an innings win. And depending on how the Aussies bowl after they finish off batting on day number two, if it is to be day number two, indeed, sure it will be, uh, then it might be another innings win again for Australia. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but they are looking pretty good right now. This is Stumps with Jordan Canellis and alongside me once again for the ride this week, Bryce McGain. Hello, Bryce. Jordan, I know where you're heading there. Pakistan look like it's the end for them. And wow, they're getting absolutely pummeled by Dave Warner. Labashane continues, Manus Labashane. Uh, Brad Manesk, as uh, many people are saying, <laughs> uh, we'll hold our breath on that, but he's performed exceptionally well in the first uh, in the first test and also backed it up straight away. Very, very pleasing for both batsmen. A, uh, a Basically, a span of four sessions has given uh, has put this test match in the palm of Australia's hands, hasn't it? At the moment, as we speak, Australia three for 520. David Warner is 11 runs away from reaching a triple century. Marnus Labashane in the runs, contributions elsewhere, but mainly... David Warner, who has led the way for Australia, and uh, and this match uh, surely at the moment is the uh, unlosable for Australia. This is uh, that we're going to romp here. I think it is, and you know what? I, I think the Australian public and papers actually picked the bowling lineup for Pakistan because Muhammad Abbas gave Australia enormous headaches a couple of years ago, uh, well, eighteen months ago in the in the subcontinent. Um, when uh, he played against Australia and he was moving the ball and it was all sorts of issues. And, uh, you know, there was shock and horror by all the Australians. Well, he wasn't in that first test. And he's coming to this one with the expectation he's going to be swinging and moving the ball. And the word out of the Pakistani lineup was, no, he's not in great form. He's not been that uh, penetrating. He's still just, you know, bowling high 120s, but not, you know, he's not mm. been at his best. And he hasn't taken a wicket. He's toiling away at the moment. And uh, that's opened the door for Dave Warner um, to, to really cash in. Uh Look, it's been really an extraordinary batting performance. Dave Warner, when we saw the the, the low ebb that he was at in the Ashes series, he, he could not buy a run. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything. He was completely shot over there to come back, 
resurrect his game, 100 for New South Wales, and now a couple of big scores in the tests in Australia. It just goes to show how much he loves playing in Australia. He likes the extra pace in the wicket. There's no doubt about that. And he's absolutely cashing in. He's just accumulated runs so well. And I I know a lot of it, and we'll talk about this in a sec, does come down to the the Pakistan uh, bowling. And it hasn't really been up to scratch. There's been a lot of... Um, no balls bowl today as well. A couple of youngsters in the team. We saw Nassim Shah last week. We've got Musa Khan now in this test, the 19-year-old, who mm-hmm. just doesn't really look like he's um, he's able to handle the pressure of playing Australia here in Australia. But having said that, you still need to score the runs, and that's the point you made. And he's been able to accumulate runs so quickly today, David Warner, from 160-odd overnight to quickly motored on to 190 in no time and then navigated the 190s quickly to reach his double ton. And from that, to, so it, it, you just reached every next mark very quickly, two, 200 to 230, 230 to 250, and now looking like he's about to make 300. He's just been able to continuously bang out the runs. Yeah, I thought he just might have, uh, well, had his fill. And uh, his <laughs> boots are full and had enough and hang him up. But he still looks as hungry as ever. He's running between the wickets, been exemplary through the whole thing. He's That's almost been the up highlight. It's been unbelievable. It's been the highlight of his innings. The energy that he's he's putting into that – He's making 289, but just 35 boundaries. Now, putting that into mm. context, you know, we'll do our quick maths, but, you know, it's not a – for Dave Warner, you would expect to really be going here with a whole lot of sixes and probably even more boundaries. But I think the highlight's been he's running between the wiggards. He's hidden into pockets in the ground and, and running the twos, turning twos into threes, uh, often off the last ball of the over, so he keeps a strike. He's not bad <laughs> at that, I can assure you. But, uh, look, it's terrific to see him doing well. You know what – uh, with a bit of dread, um, who might be keeping an eye on this. I think at New Zealand might be. Not only because of the guys that are making some runs in Warner and Lubbershane, but the fact that Steve Smith has missed out twice in two tests uh, means mm. that he's not going to be missing out for the rest of the summer. So there's three tests to come up against New Zealand, uh, one of them a Boxing Day test, the, the finest venue there is uh, for, uh, for for test cricket in Australia. And, uh, well, Steve Smith, he loves batting there. So does Dave Warner, actually. Uh, he's not going to miss out. There's going to be a big one coming up yeah. for Steve Smith, and it's going to be against New Zealand. That that series, just to look ahead already beyond what we've got at the moment, that series now looks very tantalising, doesn't it? After New Zealand's win against England uh, the other day by an innings, and they've got off to a pretty good start in the uh, in the uh, in the second test at the moment. They've got England at two for thirty nine right now. Um, all of a sudden, the the stars start to align, and these uh, two teams will dovetail nicely in the. Uh, in the, the, the secondary series of this summer. They will indeed. So Stumps on day two there. Uh, New Zealand making 375, batting first against England. And England, as you mentioned, two for 39. Um, England are struggling. That That's pleasing for all Australians. <laughs> but uh, New Zealand, th- this is their moment. This is as good a test cricket, I think, I, I, I've seen them play. And I, they've had, they have their moments, you know, when they've had um, Brennan McCullum and, and the like. Uh but I think this is the most complete lineup they've had since maybe going back to when Richard Hadley was going around and really challenging the Australian team. I, this is going to be a ripping series. This three-test series, uh, the, 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 they're playing for the – what's the cup they play for? Is it a Hadley something or other cup? No, the Chapel Hadley's the, uh, Chapel Hadley? the one day, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Well, is, I don't think they've got a this? name. They haven't got a I name? Think, I think it's just like the Anzac Cup or something. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you I just no. made that up. You just made that up, yeah, Jordan. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Um, but there is some cup they're playing for. But, uh, oh, look, I, I th- I'm really, really looking forward to it. I want to research this now. 
Oh, the Trans Tasman Trophy is that it? Or is, uh, look, pretty, I don't know. Pretty we, basic, no? Yeah, we should do our research. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's the Trans Tasman Trophy. Yeah, yeah there the we go. Chapel Hadley's the one day one day series, which is in March next year. Yeah, and it's yeah. not a Bledisloe Cup. I, we can rule that one yes. completely out. It's not that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we won't be completely ignorant. Yeah, <laughs> the um, the the Pakistan bowling on the other um, side of the coin, as good as Australia's batting has been, it's been allowed to be so by by the uh, by the bowling too. Um, Yasser Shah is uh, has the the ugliest figures at the moment. He's uh, got no wicket for one ninety seven. Um, saw a. a tweet as i normally do just scrolling through social media someone said why bother bringing out spinners to australia they never really seem to fire and yasser shah is uh sort of suffering that fate at the moment no wicket and he's almost given up a double ton yeah interestingly it, look you've got to bring them out but you've got to bowl differently here you, you can't bowl into the wicket uh because it just sits up so Yasser Shah is probably bowling for me a little flat there's a lot of short balls warner's able to play him off the back foot a lot and I think that, uh, and even Labuschagne, they're playing the spinners off the back foot because it does just sit up and slide onto the bat. Uh, it's just bowling a different way. You've got to be able to drift and drop the ball. Uh, you, you, you must do it. And you need to do that at speed. So that takes some real skill. So it's a different style of bowling on the Australian wickets. And particularly when there's extra bounce, you've got to give it every chance to do that rather than sliding through. So it's a bit more overspin. Uh, that, that's the way to do it rather than being square spin and it just sort of slides onto the bat. So more about, about lofting it up in the air and getting some flight, is it, to, yeah, to try and, and extract the bounce? And that's not necessarily doing that slowly. That's not throwing it up and letting the gravity bring it down and bowling moon balls. It's, it's nothing yeah. like that. It, it's being able to do that at pace and being able to adjust the, how the ball drifts and drops and things like that. And Shane Warne was a master at it. Um, Stuart McGill was outstanding at it in Australian conditions. Ben, you know, they're, they're clearly the best in, in covered wickets and uh, amazing they, they played at the same time. But And, and Australia was blessed to see that. And yeah. th- that's how you survive as a, as a leg spinner and a, a spinner out here. You need to have those skills too. Um, so, and obviously the Australian spinners have it and the subcontinent ones need to learn those skills. The opposite happens when we go over there is that it suits their bowlers. They're very familiar with it. And we've battled. Shane Warne's battled over there. Uh, Nathan Lyons just learnt that, you know, bowling with the perfect scene in the subcontinent um, is not necessarily right. A scrambled seam puts a lot of doubt. Some skid through. And it's often the straighter ball. When the ball's spinning a lot, it's often the straighter ball that skids through that's a real challenge. So there's a lot of things to learn. That's a cool thing about yeah. leg spin That's or, and any spin bowling. And that's why leg spin is the coolest thing in cricket. <laughs> the art of spin bowling with Absolutely. twice a game. Absolutely. Well, it is. That's it's the best thing. You're not charging in and just going to bowl fast and yeah. you know bowl short. It's there's a there's a lot of goal to it. Um, one of the players. Look, there's a lot of shield cricket going on at the moment as well. And I've just been up at the MCG uh, with the Sheffield Shield. And one of the players that I, I really love watching is um, Steve O'Keefe. He is a master at moving his chess pieces around and fielders and things like that. I was just mesmerised. He's bowled really tight uh, up there, got one wicket. Um, maybe a little fortunate to get the the, the wicket of Harris uh, out reasonably cheaply. Uh, but, uh, look, he, he was so impressive with how he just moves his field and manipulates things and, and, and challenges the batsmen in their thinking. And really, he's just bowling the same ball and, again, changing his pace. But I love seeing um, spinners uh, in their element. Is that the hardest part of, I mean, amongst the many tiny moving pieces in cricket, is that one of the hardest parts to uh, to try and get right is not only the battle between bat and ball, but the 
the synchronization, I guess, of bowler and field. Absolutely, uh, there's no doubt about it. And the, for, for spinners, as younger spinners, it, you know, a lot of the work just goes into the technical and being able to put the ball where you want to and have that type of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the more senior you get, the more you develop, and certainly to first-class cricket, it's the ability to actually manoeuvre your field and get the batsmen playing to particular spots and getting them to force the ball through an outfield. And Steve O'Keefe sets in and outfields, and he'll swap things around, and then he'll move a player at deep point out for no reason other than for the batsman to sort of push for a single, but that brings the edge into play. And there's a lot of really cool things that um, – it's a chess game, and it's yeah. so much fun to be able to do it. And you know, I'm getting excited because uh, I feel like I'm I'm still playing. But th- that's exactly what it was like, and I love being able to do that. And once you start manipulating the batsmen, getting them playing your way, you can really strike and and, and pick them up. And uh, it, that's the evolution of the spin bowler. So a lot of good young leggies going around. We uh, I saw one in in Swepson who bowled at the MCG a couple of weeks ago, and for him it was more about just getting the ball into play. He had the one plan, and he was getting the ball into play. Where Steve O'Keefe is probably the the, the advanced version in, yeah. in terms of the you know he might be the Jedi Master rather than the Jedi <laughs> Knight. You know he's he's got a lot more skill and been able to manipulate his field to force the batsman into error. In anyway, the, how about that? How did I, I get onto that? I like that. Yeah, we might well. snip that up and send it out to some bowlers, maybe some young bowlers who uh, want to get into the art. And I'm happy to share it. Uh, <laughs> sharing what we can say also, Dave Warner, 300, yes. not out. Yep. He's reached his triple ton, David Warner. He looked uh, very pleased as well. Probably the most, oh, as aggressive as his batting is, I reckon that celebration was probably the most aggressive he's had uh, this uh, or this test match so far, 100 200 and 300 was uh, celebrated with some amount of vigour by David Warner. And uh, I've been uh, just sort of flicking around the different broadcasters as we've been blessed now in the last couple of years. We've got multiple TV channels and radio stations broadcasting the cricket. And I think everyone at some stage now has brought up the Australian record for the highest test ton, which is currently held by Matthew Hayden with 380. So that's in sight now for David Warner. Well, he's, uh, yeah, I wonder if they'll declare on him at this point. Um, be interesting to see. He's scoring pretty briskly. Matthew Wade's gone out there and started belting the ball around with him as well. Yeah. So there's a, a declaration is imminent, I think. And, uh, well, the Pakistan bowlers can be expecting to bat under lights uh, tonight. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. A lot of records fell today as well. Lots of milestones were passed. Um, Stephen Smith, uh, he passed Don Bradman's total for uh, test runs scored. The Don, 6996. Stephen Smith passed that and then reached 7,000 runs, the quickest uh, in Test cricket history, to do that in 126 innings, breaking the I think 73-year record held by Wally Hammond with one three-one innings. So Steve Smith achieved that a great uh, amazing great milestone for him and uh, other milestones as well. Second wicket partnership of uh, David Warner and Marnus Labuschagne, 361 is the eighth best in history. The best for um, uh, by the best in Australia and the second best by an Australian pair and uh, and. Well, when when the runs come and there's lots of runs to be had, you're inevitably going to see records fall and personal milestones achieved. And a couple uh, were done there, but I reckon the best of the bunch surely has to be Stephen Smith, the quickest ever to 7,000. Yeah, most impressive. And the way he's gone about it and look, he's been through a lot. And I think the way he's bounced back uh, after missing 12 months of test cricket, uh, the, the way he's redeemed himself, the way he's uh, handled himself since then uh, has been exemplary. And he's just performed exceptionally well. Uh, he's got a real hunger. He's probably got a greater understanding about himself uh, mentally. As much as it's batting skill and technique, 
mentally he is much, much better. What he's been through over that time, he's been to the absolute rock bottom and, and come back up now, and mentally he's a much stronger player for it. And uh, we're, we're seeing that. How lucky are we? Mm. You know, he's, it's happening in our generation. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're able to see it. And uh, while there are some still some challenges ahead of him, um, the, the quickest ever to 7,000 test runs is quite extraordinary. A big show coming up for the rest of uh, this hour remaining. We've got uh, Anna Lanning to join us in a little while from now. She is a part of the victorious Melbourne Renegade side, which had a very close but thrilling win against the Melbourne Stars earlier today in the Women's Big Bash League. But coming up next, it's WA fast bowler Jai Richardson who will join us off the back of Western Australia claiming the Marsh One Day Cup at the start of the week and a look ahead to the rest of the summer with the WA Sheffield Shield team and maybe even what lies ahead in his future too. That's coming up next here on Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain on this uh, Saturday evening where Australia currently have a uh, very healthy first innings total of three for 557. David Warner currently on 312 and Australia continue to bat. We'll uh, continue to bring you the scores throughout the rest of the program. Right now, though, on the line, Jai Richardson from the WA cricket team, the Sheffield Shield team, the one-day cup team, more importantly, from the start of the week. It comes at a good time as well, Bryce, because we've got a good track record with our recent guests. Oh, we sure do. Let's have we a li- sure do. let's have a listen to that track record because I reckon we've got the magic touch on the program today. On stumps is uh, young Renegades uh, batter Courtney Webb. Yeah, it's my second year over here with the Renegades. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a lot of fun again this year, and it's it's good to get some little handy contributions the last few games as well. And that keep Webb on strike. Or can she get it to the boundary for a tie? She's got plenty of it. It's high. It's long. It's a victory. Can you believe it? The Renegades. Courtney Webb hits cap over the fence. Yeah, Amelia's probably never, ever heard of me, but, uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy to have her on the line. Don't worry about that. Amelia Kerr from the Brisbane Heats is with us here. Have you ever heard of my co-host, Bryce McGain? Don't do that. You put her on the spot. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry, but no, I haven't. That could be close. It could be very, very close. The umpire gives the finger, yes. It did look out from the naked eye. The official had a good hard look at it. The finger goes up. Beaumont is on her way for 23. But we cross over. And speak to Callum Ferguson now, who joins us here on Stumps. Hello, Callum. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Nice to be back on the show. Yeah, I feel like I'm batting really well at the moment. Um, my my form, um, whenever I've been at the crease, I've felt like it's been really good. Sweeps. Hard hit. Straight past the field of four runs. There you go. Great start to this over from Callum Ferguson to bring up his 100. A great knock from the Redback veteran. Aristoli off the pads, it breaks the infield, running away downhill for four. And there's the 100 for Callum Ferguson. His 11th in the Marsh Cup. And on the day where he passes Darren Lehman as the state's most decorated run scorer in this version of the game, he's now got a ton to celebrate as well. That's our recent form of guests on Stumps. Courtney Webb first. She hit the winning six to beat the Sydney Sixers. Amelia Kerr last week, she took a wicket of none other than Tammy Beaumont, one of the uh, star imports, and then Callum Ferguson 
in the week after we interviewed him, Bryce, he scored two centuries in the sh- in the uh, one day cup. We've got the magic touch and uh, we've got the turbo charge for any cricketer that comes and joins us. And Jai Richardson, it's great to be talking to you live from WA. How does that sound? You know, guys, how are you going? I tell you what, judging from that little segment there, hopefully I'm into something <laughs> just around the corner. That's you're gonna you're gonna have the greatest month of cricket of your life <laughs> because we put the turbo charge on all our players. So look, it's great to be joined with you today. I, I do have an obvious question. We'll talk about your one day cup win and the celebrations and all that. Um, you're not playing at the moment. There's a Sheffield Shield round at the moment. Is everything okay? Yeah, going okay. Thanks, mate. Um, just having a bit of a break. Obviously, it's been quite quite a long process to get back from my shoulder. Mm. Um, and I've bowled a lot of rivers in between that. I probably haven't stopped for six or seven months now. So it's been a long, long time. And I think it was just time for a bit of a break. So cop it on the chin, but the boys seem like they're doing okay. So I'll take that. The first major break you've, you've had since that injury? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and it is a little bit... Obviously, it's disappointing not to be playing and being out there with the boys. It's beautiful weather here in Perth. It would be would be nice to be playing, but you know we we understand when it's time to have a rest, and and this is my time. And I've been going for a while, so it's a it's a rest all needed. The start of the week, uh, you won personally. You were part of your second uh, one day cup title, the fourteenth overall for WA. They uh, you hold the record with fourteen. You've held the record even before that. Now you just extended it. Um, but a great one-day cup win for, for your boys. How much is a, is a win like that valued amongst the playing squad? Absolutely. It's, it's valued uh, immensely. I think, you know, it is fantastic to get a win, but what it, what it also brings us is a bit of momentum going back into the Shield season. So the guys are full of confidence, um, and we've seen that today. It looks like we've declared not too long ago. So the boys are doing well, um, and it's fantastic to see Sean again um, provide the goods in getting another match winning hundred. Do you, do you think uh, just just with the confidence within the squad, you say it rolls into your your shield? But uh, it was a difficult circumstance that he was in. You were losing wickets. It was definitely a new ball wicket up at the AB field. You took toll of that three for thirty five. Your form's terrific. But to see Sean Marsh battle his way through that and then steer to victory, he, he, he's not done at the top level. What do you think? I don't think so. I think, you know, for for what he's been through, um, the confidence he has playing with us, you know, we see him go out there and he he plays um, with freedom. You know, he he plays in a way that he can just go out there and have fun. And we've seen the results from him um, in recent times. He's been batting beautifully. Uh, It was quite interesting, actually. We we turned up to AB Field and we weren't really sure what to expect from the wicket. We we possibly... Mm thought that maybe it looks a little bit worse than it plays. Um, it was quite interesting to see a bit more of a bowler-friendly wicket in a final. Um, we're probably used to seeing quite flat wickets in one-day cricket, especially across the country. So it was a nice surprise turning up to something with a, a little bit of a green tinge um, and to do something with a new ball, that's for sure. Your team is uh, is very deep anywhere you look. Most of your batsmen have had some sort of... Um uh, contribution to to an Australian setup in all formats of the game. Most of your bowlers have as well, including yourself. In amongst all of that quality in your team, what's been the, the trademark of of how you've been able to operate under Adam Voges as a side? What what is the trademark of your team? Um, I think what we've concentrated on a lot this season um, is us as a team, more so than spending a lot of energy on our opposition. 
Um, we obviously go through the opposition with tactics and, and what we want to do, but I think focusing on us as a team and what we do well has been really, really important in making us stick to a certain game plan that we might have or, or something like that. So I think not spending too much energy on the things that we can't control and the opposition um, just allows us to stay present within the squad, um, sort of look after each other and sort of play the way that we want to play that we've done for so long with Western Australia and that's sort of scrap to the end and, and do what we can to try and find a win. Jai, great insights and thanks for sharing just how open it is with the dressing room. That, that's that, that's terrific to hear that, that you're focusing and what you are looking to work at together. What's next on the agenda for you? It's a bit of a freshen up weekend for you. Do you roll back into the Shield game next weekend? Yeah, hoping so. Hopefully the boys don't don't do too well that I can't get back in there. So that's, that's definitely the plan, though. Um, <laughs> I think there'll be a spot yeah. for you, mate. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Stranger things have happened, haven't they? Yeah, well, um, true. Yeah, yeah. so that'll be the plan moving forward. Um, just a bit of a freshen up this week and then straight back into it. Big bash for you. What does that look like? I'm, I'm assuming I'm assuming all good. Um <laughs> Obviously, with the Scorchers again, so that that's really exciting. Um, but yeah, Big Bash is full steam ahead, as far as I'm aware. What do you like playing? Do you do you like the longer form of the game where you can bowl sustained spells, and that's one of your great strengths: your fitness, your ability to charge in and be consistent with the ball. Or do you like the short form game, the excitement of that, and the skills, the different skills you need to use? Well, you've you've said it there. Um, it is the excitement of you know T20 cricket and the shorter form that sort of gets you up and about. but and, and I do really enjoy that. I love our crowd in Perth. It's fantastic. It's a great atmosphere. But there is something about bowling five, six, seven, eight, nine overs on the trot um, and sort of coming back for consecutive spells as well. You know, you cool down, your body gets sore. There's something that I enjoy about the grind of playing long-form cricket. Um, look at the scoreboard and you've bowled 25 overs in a day. There's something that I just enjoy about the grind of four-day cricket. Um, and, and I can't really hit the nail on the head. I I'm not really sure what it is, but maybe it is just, I don't know, finding a way. I've always liked finding a way, and you have to do it over and over in four-day cricket. So maybe that's what it is. I'm not too sure. Yeah, well, long may that continue for you, and you, you enjoy that grind. We had uh, Sean Tate on here a, a few weeks ago, and he certainly wasn't uh, keen on the long form of the game, much further, <laughs> much more enjoyed the T20 side of things. But how do you prepare for a T20? Are you pretty chilled before the game in the afternoon? Obviously, most of the games are in the evening, night games. Are you pretty relaxed and chilled to have an afternoon nap, or are you pretty keyed up and uh, storming around and wanting to see blood on the wicket? How are you as a fast bowler <laughs> leading no, into the game? I'm pretty, pretty chilled out, mate, honestly. Um, just sort of go about, you know, maybe go out for brekkie, play some video games leading up to the game. I'm very, very chilled. Um, don't really have any sort of set routines or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm sort of just go with the flow the day of a game. But there is one thing that is is tough to get away from, and that's just thinking about cricket the whole day. You can't really escape it. Um, mm. That's why I like playing in the morning. You don't have to wake up and you don't have to wait too long before you're actually out there. But when, when you play games in the evening, one thing that, that some players, I guess, not necessarily struggle with, but just, I guess, a bit of insight is, you know, you're thinking about cricket the whole day. You can't really escape it. It's sort of like, what time do I have to leave for the game? That sort of thing. So that's the only thing. But other than that, I'm very chilled out. and It doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Is that, uh, and I might, you can answer this, Jai, you can answer this as well, Bryce, being from, from separate generations, is being that, that 
having that chilled out sort of vibe before a, a game and just taking things easy and not really focusing on the match on the morning of the match is that uh, is that a new generation thing is that a younger person thing Jai and and Bryce if you want to answer um oh, potentially I, I think we get we get drilled in a lot about um, staying in the present as a, as a mentality sort of thing um trying to stay as level-headed as you can and, and in the present as much as you can. So I don't, I, I pers- from a personal point of view, don't find too much value in, in stressing about the game that's happening later on. Obviously, you get nervous and that sort of thing, but trying to stay away from spending too much energy on the game before you've even played it. Um, it could be a generational thing. It could be a state of mind sort of thing. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but that's just the way I try and go about it. It's a good way to go about it. I was completely zen in the afternoon. I would uh, have a sleep before T20 games. I used to love it, a big lunch, and then I'd I'd have a sleep for a couple of hours from 2 to 4 o'clock and then be all primed, ready to go uh, later that night. But, uh, look, I wasn't bowling 150 k's an hour. So, you know, as a spinner, I was probably a bit more chilled. But... uh, one of the things I do want to ask you, your batting form's going exceptionally well. It doesn't go unnoticed uh, being uh, in the lower order myself, but I, I do like to see those things. You've got a, a ripping 39 against Queensland up up at the Gabba. That must have been very enjoyable. Then you backed it up in a one day with 27 as well. How is your batting form? You're feeling some confidence there? Yeah, I've made a few changes um, just recently. So it is nice. Whilst they're not massive scores, um, they're still contributions. And, yeah. and we... We really like um, our lower order as a team, um, sort of being able to have a contribution. They're very important runs, especially if you're seven, eight, nine down. If your lower order can get a few more runs in the end, it sort of frustrates the other team a little bit. Um, I would like to get a, a few bigger scores in there um, at some point, but yeah, I've, I've made a few changes um, with the technique, just sort of trying to be able to access the ball on the, on the onside a little bit more and sort of straight down the ground. So it is nice to see. Um, that being a little bit more successful um, on a shorter term and hopefully moving forward, it, it hopefully brings the goods, hopefully brings a few nice scores in there. Jai, uh, you're probably in that next bracket down from the uh, from the current group of Australian test bowlers uh, and in that in that sort of next group coming up through the ranks. Have you had any contact recently with uh, with Justin Langer and with the Australian setup at the moment with the tests? Yeah, a little bit. Um yeah, look, we've seen our bowling attack and how how ruthless they are and, and how well they've been going. So, you know, whilst it is uh, on my mind to to get back in there, um, the way I'm going to do that is just by putting performances on the board. And, and the boys, you know, equally, I'm just as happy as, as Australian cricket doing well. Um, it's fantastic, fantastic to see. And, and you know, it's a, it's a wonderful little to have, isn't it? You know, we, we've got some amazing players that are missing out. Um, just purely because they can't push their way in. So it's, it's a wonderful problem to have, and it's really, really nice to see the, the bowling unit in Australian cricket do really well at the moment. One last quick one, Joe. I don't mean to embarrass you. Your middle name, Avon. Uh, yeah. the, the history of that? Um, it's not a cosmetic. You know, the <laughs> Mum didn't work for it. Avon, no? <laughs> no? It's definitely not that. Um, and it's not the, the Avon River in Perth either. Um, right. I, I honestly think it's just... Uh, they like the name, and they just chucked it in there. So well, it's good to be Having unique. Joy Avon. Joy's not particularly mainstream either. No, that's great. It's a nice, fresh name. Yeah. It, it's good to be unique. <laughs> there aren't too many Bryces around either. So uh, yeah, it's good true. to be not common. Well done, mate. Great chatting with you. <laughs> 
Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jai. Jai Richardson here with us on Stumps, and hopefully he's in for a, uh, a big couple of weeks with our uh, with our Midas touch here on Stumps. So good luck to Jai and the WA Shield team now, the one-day cup. They got the trophy there. Hopefully for their sake, they can go on with it now in the Sheffield Shields for the rest of this summer. This is Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. We'll cross over to the Women's Big Bash next and have a chat with Anna Lanning from the Melbourne Renegades. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Stumps here, Jordan Canellis, Bryce McGain this afternoon. Australia continues on in the uh, test against Pakistan. David Warner, they haven't declared yet. David Warner is uh, rocketing towards that all-time test total of uh, Matthew Hayden, 380. He's currently on 330, so 50 runs to go for David Warner to reach that milestone. We'll keep an eye on that for the rest of the program. But for now, we'll turn our attention to the Women's Big Bash League. And earlier today, a key win for the Melbourne Renegades against their local rivals, the Melbourne Stars. A late win. They got the job done. Jess Duffin uh, helped steer the team towards the uh, the win. Came down to the last couple of balls of the match. Another close one for the Renegades. It's been the uh, status quo this season, but they did it. And Anna Lanning was part of it. And she joins us here on Stumps this uh, afternoon. Hello, Anna. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Very good. You've kept your season alive. That's that's another thrilling win for the Melbourne Renegades in this uh, crucial part of the season. Now, how was that uh, earlier today? Yeah, it was pretty pretty great win to be honest. Um, we we sort of um, probably let them get a, a few too many runs um, in the bowling innings and um, lost some early wickets. So um, for Jess Duffin to to bat the way she did um, was was a great win. And one of the, the highlights there was I thought that. Because the stars started so well, it's such a great opening partnership. None for 118. They were flying along until someone took a pretty brilliant outfield catch. Just quietly, Anna. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was Thank a beauty. You. But uh, the the thing was, it, it, and it, it surprised me a little. But every one of the 11 girls out there for the Renegades just kept playing their role, and you're able to peg the stars right back. They were looking at a total nearly pushing 200, given the batting conditions and the fast outfield there seems to be an enormous amount of belief and trusting each of the players in the field. Yeah, we know how dangerous um, Lizelle Lee and, and Elise Villani are. So um, they got off to a great start and um, we probably didn't bowl as well as we would have liked, but um, we know that we've certainly got the bowlers um, to, to peg it back and, and to keep them to the total that we did after the start. Um, I think it was sort of 120 off 12 overs or something like that. So, um, yeah, to, to peg it back the way we did and, um, yeah, to finish it off with the bat was, was just a great win. And early on in the competition, uh, you struggled to win those close games. And you've been involved. It seems like every single game, it's been a last-wicket game for the Renegades. You must have no fingernails left. Uh, You would have chewed them all (laughs) off in the dugout. But what's been the turnaround? You've actually turned that around, and now you're winning those games. What's happened within the group to uh, get those outcomes going favourably? Yeah, I suppose it's just we've had to win win games to sort of um, keep our finals hopes alive and, and to get into the finals. So um, there's still a few results to sort of happen tomorrow um, until we're, we're officially in. But but yeah, it sort of gets to a point in the season where you go, well, we just need to start winning. And, and we started playing um, with a bit more freedom, I think. I think we probably um, maybe panicked a little bit in some of those closer games. But, um, but now we're just backing ourselves and, and backing the players. It always helps as well when you've got great contributions from the, the the middle to lower order in the batting lineup. You've got a great top order with the the imports that they, that you've got again this season with Danny White and Tammy Beaumont. Obviously, Jess Duffin has been one of the stars of of your team this season. But continuously now over the last couple of weeks, we've had uh, regular contributions from the likes of Courtney Webb and Georgia Wareham, uh, who had a, a reasonable um, uh, input at the very end of the innings early today. So. 
how helpful has the the lower order now contributing and helping out the the, the top order been for your fortunes this season? Yeah, it's crucial. Obviously, you want your sort of top six to, to do the job and, and bat deep and make as many runs as possible. But um, there are going to be occasions where you, you sort of rely on the, the all-rounders and the bowlers to sort of get the job done. So I know a lot of the girls have, have been working really hard on their power hitting and um, and sort of helping out at the back end there. So, um, yeah, for, for, um, for Georgia Wareham to finish off the game today, I thought it was um, really important. She was absolutely outstanding going in and doing the pinch hit role. Now, you mentioned a few results in terms of the table. You were in fifth, just a percentage behind the sixes. But, uh, well, the Adelaide Strikers helped you out this afternoon. Did you have an eye on that? Because they defeated the sixes, minus Elise Perry, and they seem a bit wobbly without her. So you're actually clear in fourth position now with the last game tomorrow at the Junction Oval against the Thunder. So really, it's in your own hands. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and that's what we've said sort of the last week or two um, that we're just going to play our own ga- play our own way and um, and not rely on other results to sort of go our way. We've we've got the destiny in our own hands, so um, yeah, great win today, but we've got to back it up again tomorrow to to secure a finals berth. And with your own form, you look to be playing with extreme confidence. Uh, it was just three games ago you, you came into the side taking in the opening batting role. You you returned to the team and, and got 73, which was fantastic. And even today, like being able to skip down the wicket and play with an enormous confidence, the first ball of the innings is four straight over mid-off, which was unbelievable. You look like you're really comfortable with the bat in your hands. Yeah, I um, probably a week and a half ago, I was pretty resigned to the fact I wasn't going to play Big Bash um, this season. And um, yeah, unfortunately, um, Claire Coffey got injured and um, fortunately enough for me, I was able to, to sort of jump into the squad. But um, yeah, I've just been sort of preparing myself for um, the back end of WNTL, which starts back up again in January. So um, yeah, just been playing club and, and playing with as much freedom as possible. And um, yeah, luckily enough, got the call up. And um, I suppose there's a little bit of, uh, there might be pressure, but there, I feel like I've, I don't really have any pressure on me to sort of um, to do the job at the top. Anna, tell, tell us a little bit about your uh, your upbringing as well, because I'm sure a lot of people uh, probably recognise the surname. You are the uh, the sister of Meg Lanning, and you've made your mark this season in the in the WBBL. Growing up with with Meg, what was uh, what did your childhood look like? Was there plenty of sport and plenty of cricket in particular around? Yeah, absolutely. I've got um I've got another two brothers and another sister um, as well as Meg. So um, we we all played sport. We played every sport under the sun. So. Um, mainly me and Meg played played cricket, um, but yeah, so plenty of competition in the backyard. And um, my claim to fame is that I, I I used to be a bowler and I used to just bowl at Meg for for days upon days. So um, she's she's I sort of helped her out there a little bit. But um, but yeah, we're <laughs> both really competitive, um, both really competitive people. And um, yeah, just loving the chance to to be back in the WBBL. What other sports interest you as well? Uh, AFL mainly, so a big Swanies fan. Um, but yeah, we, we played everything sort of hockey, soccer, swimming, athletics. Um, yeah, don't mind that sport. Well, that, that's obviously a key, having the all-round skills, not just yeah. focusing and specialising early on. Having the all-round skills is great. Now, good luck tomorrow. Good to see you resting up uh, today. What have we got in store for the Thunder and, uh, and, and more so the form, hopefully, heading into the semifinals for the Renegades? Yeah, we're just going to keep it simple and, and play like we have done the last couple of games and um, just play with freedom and um, really take the game on and, and um, yeah, make sure the destiny is in our hands and um, a win tomorrow will, um, when we'll be in the finals. So I'm um, looking forward to it. 
Anna, good luck for that. Good luck for the rest of the season as well. The Melbourne Renegades right there on the brink uh, heading in towards the finals. So good fortunes for you for the rest of the season and hope that uh, we can maybe get to chat again later on uh, with the Renegades making the finals. Anna Lanning joining us here on Stumps as uh, we now wind down to the pointy end of the WBBL season, Bryce. Yeah, critical time for the Renegades. I was really impressed in uh, in commentating the game today, earlier today, and seeing them go about their business. There's a lot of belief in that group that they could go all the way. We'll come back on Stumps and wrap things up. We'll uh, turn our eye back towards the Test match, Australia and Pakistan. There's been a bit of movement happening over at the Adelaide Oval. We'll recap that next as we wind down this afternoon on Stumps. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain as we wrap things up this afternoon. We are in the middle uh, of the second test, in the middle of the match, and there's been a uh, little development, or quite a significant development actually, Bryce. Uh, Australia have declared uh, after uh, recording 589 runs in this first innings. Australia declared three wickets down. David Warner... There's a bit of significance in this declaration. David Warner finished with an unbeaten total of 335, which, Bryce, puts David Warner second overall in the highest scores for an Australian batsman in a test match, one behind Matthew Hayden, 380, but significantly one run ahead of both Mark Taylor and Don Bradman, 334. So seems like the uh, the goal there for Australia was to get uh, David Warner one run ahead of the Don and and then declare. Well, I think uh, we saw some footage there. Uh, Tubby Taylor up in the stands giving yep. him a round of applause and records are made to be broken and it's great to see young players coming through and maybe not quite so young. He's well into his <laughs> 30s now, but uh, good to see him doing terrifically well and in great form for Australia and maybe uh, redeeming some of his past behavioural challenges uh, by, by showing that uh, graciously with uh, a lot of runs. Do you reckon that'll uh, will that please Australian cricket fans that David Warner passes Mark Taylor and Don Bradman? Do you reckon that'll go down well? Uh, I, I'm just looking at our, our speckled text here, and uh, <laughs> yeah, not maybe not quite so much. Yeah, they <laughs> they're thinking that he, he didn't deserve that. But uh, anyhow, look, uh, I think it's fine. Um, yeah. You know, that's just part of the game. Now they get to. The Pakistanis get to bat in the evening session. That's always going to be hard with the pink ball zipping around and some yeah. fresh bowlers ready to go at them. Uh, plenty of shield cricket around as well. Uh, WA well on top of South Australia over at the Wacker. Victoria fighting back against New South Wales. 294 New South Wales. Victoria 2 for 205. Pekoski and Hanscom going along there. Um, the development there is Aaron Finch. Yes. Out uh, with a concussion rule. Yeah, so, so two key um, happenings from today's uh, Sheffield Shields. Aaron Finch, what was the story there? You were there, you saw it? Yeah, got a blow uh, to the helmet uh, early on, and uh, he was fielding in close, got a blow to the helmet, and uh, had delayed concussion symptoms and has been replaced by Travis Dean. So uh, no hesitation in doing that with a concussion sub. And the other one was uh, from, we didn't even touch on this with Jai Richardson earlier, but uh, in the WA game, another century for Cam Green, the lower order batsman who made 126 uh, to go on with a couple of other big scores he's had in this Sheffield Shield season, plus some great wicket hauls as well, turning into one of uh, 
the, the better young talents going around in domestic cricket. Genuine all-rounder class, and maybe yeah. that's what Australia needs. Someone like him. Uh, looks like Queensland are going to roll over the top of Tassie as well down at Bloodstone. They only need 16 more runs and about two days to get them. So uh, it'll be done and dusted. So in about uh, 20 seconds, Bryce, what's Australia's game plan from here? Just uh, knock them over? I think it will be. Knock them over twice and yeah. maybe have the fifth day and go and play some golf. <laughs> Brilliantly done, Bryce. <laughs> we'll uh, be back again next week for another edition of Stumps to wrap up the uh, Test Series against Pakistan, and then we can start to cast an eye towards uh, New Zealand. Pleasure doing business with you again. You too, Jordan. Look forward to next week. Fantastic. Stumps, you can check us out on social media at Stumps Cricket. We'll be back again next week. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain for another edition of Stumps. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.